just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your host Ian Dos Mackay. Next Level Guy is a men's interview, interest and improvement website where I interview the greats from all industries to help others better their lives. Listen to the experts in their respective fields being quizzed and learn something new. Listen, embrace, adapt, then use it and improve. Today's guest is Brian Pearson. He's the owner and head coach at Pearson Grappling and runs the awesome Teach Me Grappling YouTube channel. I found Brian's site while try to speed up my own personal um, BJJ development and I've been a major fan ever since. Brian's videos are highly detailed, they're funny, they're helpful and they've helped me improve my grappling considerably. I wanted to interview Brian to showcase you know, his awesome videos, his warm personality and help others find the great training hacks that Brian offers and help them to become the best grapplers that they can be. In this interview we cover a wide range of topics from a story to grappling to training hacks and so much more. But before we get to that, a quick word about the affiliates. Now, I started getting to my affiliate setups when I started the site just to cover the costs and help me pay the bills. But recently I've managed to set up some great relationships with some awesome companies which allow me to offer special discount codes, deals and listener exclusives for you to take advantage of and make your life even more awesome. Please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates for further information. So say you wanted to optimise your health for example then you need to try on it. If you use the code NEXTLEVELGUY, that's all one word, in the discount code section of the checkout there, you'll get 10% off all eligible items in your basket of great supplements and fitness gear. You should check out the Alpha Brain, the cognitive enhancer that they offer, which will make your brain more fluid and run more efficiently and effectively. They're offering a number of free trials and supplements just now that you really should take advantage of. I will get... You can also get some super soft, comfy jeans from Barbell Apparel that show off your muscular gains that you'll get from the gym. Again, if you use Next Level Guy at the discount code section, you'll get 10% off all your order there. If you use my Amazon link, you can get a number of awesome books at discounted prices. I love my Amazon Kindle that I use during all my journeys, and Amazon's cheap prices means I always have acres of books. Currently, I would recommend the Jiu-Jitsu Library, the SAS book, uh, Who Dares Wins, and my favourite purchase has recently been the Harry Potter eBooks, which takes pride of place in my library, and I couldn't care less what people think. There are so many other great deals and special offers from companies like Bulletproof Coffee, Dollar Shave Club, The Gains Box, Me Andes, My Protein, Oh My God Yes, Under Armour, The Protein Works, and so, so many more. I'm always getting new deals and special offers in there, and it's something that you should keep your eye on. Simply go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. I really hope you've had um, much fun listening to this interview as I did during it. Hope you enjoy. So... I'm a major fan of yours. I use your videos most days. You know, I always look for the little tweaks to, you know, improve my technique. But for those people listening, you know, and they think, okay, that's quite a cool name. 
can you just give a quick intro of who you are while you're well known? You know, what what kind of thing you do? Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> I'm a uh, I'm a martial arts instructor, so uh, I have a YouTube channel that's uh, gaining a lot of popularity right now on YouTube. Um, it's called Teach Me Grappling, and uh, I started it actually back in 2011, um, and the original idea was. I wanted to to have a channel that could grow like much like it is at this moment. But I also was thinking it was a good way for me to get my techniques down on video because I I knew that I had a lot inside my head. And if I got it down on video, it was like writing a book. And I hate writing. <laughs> so, you know, I, I said, you know, if I video it, it'll it'll be there and it's actually easier to comprehend if it's on video and uh it would be a start like a catalog and i just i didn't really uh i didn't really go at it very much i mean like from 2011 until mid 2018 i probably put out maybe 45 videos or so and so that's not very active i mean i there was probably even a year there where i did one video um so like a lot of YouTube channels, they just kind of die. And uh, I, I had a lot of interest from people. And then it, uh, it, it, it just clicked for me. It's, I have a funny story on how it clicked. But, uh, you know, to tell the truth, it was actually because of video games. <laughs> so I, I had a, a fighter. Uh, one of my fighters fights in the UFC. He's on the UFC roster uh, 155 division. His name is Vince Pichel. And uh, he fought about uh, four months ago in uh, in New York on on one of the the Ultimate Fight Night cards, so the UFC Fight Night. And we lost that fight, but you know, leading up to the fight, you, you sit in a uh, you sit in a room. We we were he got an Airbnb, and we we sat in a room all week. You know, like you go train, and that's pretty much it. It's not like you want to go sightseeing all that much as much as the the coaching staff we want to uh you know you can't you got a fight coming up on the weekend and you got to get ready for it and so everything is pretty much work out train go back to the airbnb and just chill and i had already surfed the net enough i'm trying to do everything i can while i'm you know just sitting in a house and my fighter keeps trying to beg me to play a video game called PUBG. Uh, for those that don't know, it's uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, and it's a uh, like a new game that they have uh, on mobile, as well as uh, you know on on like the major consoles or whatever. And he wanted me to play on my phone, and so I I ended up finally giving in and I played, and I kind of got hooked on it. And that's why I didn't want to play video games because they suck your life away. Oh God, yes. So. Yeah, so I was like, I don't want to do this. And then I finally did it, you know, because I was bored and uh, got kind of hooked for a few days. And when I went back, I go where I always go if I want to learn something. You go to YouTube. You know, if you want to know how to clean your toilet and get that nasty ring out of the bottom, you go to YouTube and it'll teach you how. So whatever you want to learn, you go there. So um, I went there and I saw this guy and, and this guy was playing the video game. And I basically modeled myself after him. Uh, 
you know, I already had my channel and I noticed he was doing a video every single day and he was getting lots of subscribers and he was very successful. And so I know video games is a much different market, but, uh, in the same way, I, I realized something very important that if you do something every single day, you'll make a habit of it. Um, you know, I, I give the example, if you're going to, you're going to brush your teeth like once a week or maybe once every two weeks, you're probably going to screw it up every once in a while. You know, you're likely to miss it. If it's going to be Friday night at 9 PM, you're probably going to miss it every once in a while. Cause you'll be out doing yeah. something else. But if you do, if you do it every day, you know, you wake up, you, you eat, you, you shower, you know, hopefully you guys all shower every day, but you know, you have, you have something you do every day. It becomes a habit a lot easier than once a month. You know, it, it's very difficult. You can easily fall out of it if it's once a month or once every two weeks. So that's how it started. No, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I found you. Um, I looked at different people's videos, you know, and I kind of looked, I needed a kind of an, there were some techniques I wasn't getting. So I wanted to get some instructional videos. And I think I found you after a few of the main sites. And I thought there was just something about the way you coached and, you know, you were very sort of organized. It was like, it was like being shown by a best friend, you know, you were very detailed. It was funny. You explained why you were doing things, showed transitions in and out. And it actually made sense just the way you showed it. So, you know, can you tell us a little bit of how you got into martial arts? You know, was there a point that got you into this when you were a kid or kind of did you just fall into it and later on? Yeah. Um, well, I, I started with wrestling in high school. Um, I, I liked to play. Uh, I played Little League Baseball as a kid. Then I got into basketball. I didn't like baseball anymore. And then when I got into high school, I didn't make my freshman year. I didn't make the team. I missed the last cut. So I wasn't very tall. I was very small and, um, I had trouble keeping up with the basketball players. So I quit and then, uh, just played at lunchtime and played for fun and gave up on my dreams of playing in the NBA. So, you know, I, I, uh, at the very next year, one of my friends said he was going to go out for wrestling. And then part of that was tied into a, a small little challenge where, some people are saying, oh, if you go wrestle, you're going to lose to this guy. And, uh, you know, I had, there was this guy in school named Sean who I kind of looked like. Everybody, mis you know, mis mistaken us for each other. And uh, they said, oh, Sean wrestles. He'll he'll take you down. He'll beat you up. So I, uh, I was like, oh, well, I'll go out for wrestling and let's try it out. I don't think he can beat me. So, you know, I went out for wrestling and and that's how it started. And. UFC had come out that that same time. It was late 1993. And uh, because of that, I, I, I became a fan of the Ultimate Fighting Championship and immediately. And I, I saw what Hoist Gracie did as wrestling, but he was doing like illegal submission holds, you know, mixed in with his wrestling. So, but I, I felt that I did the same thing he did. I just didn't choke people and armbar them. But uh, I, I loved it. And I think boys generally love martial arts. They love fighting. I mean, it's hard to take your eyes off of a fight. You know, that's why world star hip hop is always a popular, uh, you know, videos to watch. So um, it's exciting, you know. And, and uh, then when I got out of 
I graduated high school. My girlfriend was a wrestler and she did martial arts. She did karate and Taekwondo. And I met her instructor and he, he was getting going on, on kind of the MMA thing. And he learned some jujitsu from the, the Machados and it just started there. And then I, I got hooked. I loved it. So that was it. Cause that's, that's the thing into it. Most people like that aren't into martial arts have only seen the martial arts on a TV show or, you know, like a Jackie Chan film or something like that. And when you show them to skillful competitors, you know, like some people in my office just thought it would look like you were hugging, yeah. you know, they didn't understand the, t- the technicalities of it. So do you think that's the, I mean, is that an issue nowadays that you notice a lot of people who come in, they expect to be like UFC level, you know, what's the, what's the kind of commonality you see in your students? Is it guys who are wanting to become UFC fighters or is it self-defense? You know, who, what kind of market do you find you attract? Um, You know, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, there, there's, there's all different types of people and times have changed a lot because it, it was very different in the nineties than it is now. Um, nowadays it's everybody, even if they don't train and they know nothing, they still understand the concept because the UFC has been out for a very long time now for roughly 25 years. And you know, the, like the phrase tapping out, like to tap out is a, is a normal phrase now, like in day-to-day speech, you know, someone might even use the phrase tap out when it comes to something else. Like, Hey guys, we're hanging out at the, at the bar. I'm going to tap out now. I got to go home. And it's Hmm. literally like a part of our culture now. And, but before the phrase tapping out wasn't even like a, it wasn't even a phrase we used, you know, tap out the, the brand wasn't, wasn't there when I started. You know, so it's nowadays people see the UFC, even if they don't train and they have an idea, they've seen enough world star hip hop videos. They see wild knockouts, but they also see a lot of grappling takedowns. And they, they know that once you get on the ground, you can really wail on someone and kick someone's ass. So it's a different, it's totally different now. I mean, back in the day when you said martial arts, People always thought of a Kung Fu fighter, some, some, uh, you know, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan type of character. And it's, it still exists to this day for sure, but it's definitely very different. So people come in with already an idea. They've seen, they've seen the UFC. So they, they have, they have different, uh, they have some preconceptions of what it's like. Obviously they, there's no way they can really prepare for what they're about to to uh, get into when they come into a class and then, you know, some of our sharks jump on them and swarm them. But uh, so that still exists. I mean, that, 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 that went on back then, but it was really different in the nineties. I mean, it was, it was extremely weird. I mean, nowadays everybody kind of gets the idea. So they already know what's going to happen and then it happens. But back in the day, nobody knew what was going to happen when they came to train with you. They just wanted to learn how to defend themselves or they, they wanted to learn how to fight, you know, quote unquote fight. And, and they, they had these ideas of, of Bruce Lee in their head and uh, they didn't, they were totally blown away when, you know, jujitsu and ground grappling hit them. Um, Nowadays they kind of know what to expect a little bit more. 
but it still hits them. <laughs> hard, very hard, you know. Like I do um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and you get these guys who are rugby players, and they're built like well brick shit houses, as we say in the UK. And they get armbarred and thrown around by a girl a quarter of their size because she can use the technique and the leverage. And, you know, for people who don't know, how would you define grappling? You know, what? how is it different to majority of martial arts? If you had to give a definition of it, what would you? how would you describe it to somebody that's maybe lived under a stone for 10 years? Yeah. Well, uh, the way we use the word grappling nowadays... Um, you know, is basically it's fighting without striking someone. I mean, on a very base level, it's like you always tell somebody if they want to know about what, what I do or what we do, we say it's like the UFC, but you can't punch, kick, elbow, knee. So it's like everything else. It's UFC without striking. Um, obviously, we do have other limitations. We're not grabbing people's balls or poking their eyes out or, uh, you know, doing any other, you know, things sticking fingers into orifices so i'm sure that goes on at some levels you know like you see some of these fights and uh you know like bar room brawls and stuff and i'm like yeah i'm sure that's not a legal uh attack that one shall we say yeah yeah i mean in, in a real street fight you know there's obviously the uh dirty tactics that what we call dirty in the martial arts um and then other people will say well that's fair game in a street fight um, you have, you have a lot of martial arts that, uh, that the ones that aren't involved in MMA, um, just to be honest, basically kickboxing, jujitsu, wrestling, uh, judo, maybe, you know, all the other martial arts, the traditional martial arts, they always like to fall back. Their, their favorite go-to is, well, we're not in the UFC cause we do deadly techniques like eye poking and you know, we bite and scratch and hit the growing and things like that. But, you know, I used to tell people even way back then, I said, hey, look, I I don't need to practice how to bite someone. I eat three square meals a day. Uh, I don't need to learn how to poke someone's eyes. Uh, I've gone bowling plenty of times. I know how to stick my fingers in, in uh, a hole. And uh, it, or or I've had girlfriends before, so you could do that, too. But, uh, you know, the, the point is a lot of people fall back on that, but they don't understand that if you're going to do that to me, guess what? I can do it to you too. And now that I have an understanding of, of ground grappling and, and just combat in general, even if it was standing, remember, I'm going to have the upper hand. You don't, people think it's as simple as just reach for someone's eyes. They don't understand that that's that's actually more complicated than the whole kung fu strike that was supposed to knock the guy out with one shot i mean it's 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 easier to knock a guy out with one shot than it is to gouge his eyes it's it it, it really is it's easier to throw a punch and try to hit somebody and knock them out than it is to try to reach or even try to reach for the groin you know they don't understand that people are moving it's very hard to pinpoint accurate accuracy with that so you know but uh it's possible we all have to be ready for it and address it well i mean that's the that's the big thing into it is you speak to a guy and they could win any fight they could get any girl 
but it's what they what they tell themselves in their head. They couldn't actually physically do it. You know, you can anybody could get a lucky punch, but it's like you're saying is it's going for somebody's eyes. If they know how to defend it, they can easily do serious damage. And that's what I love about your stuff. It's that whole you show you know what to do if you're on the floor, what to do if they're attacking. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a year, and what a difference it makes to your confidence, being able to defend against a weapon attack, um, defend against multiple people, you know, if they're on the ground, if they've got you from behind and things like that. But So do you think, like, all guys should do a martial art or a physical sport like wrestling? You know, are guys getting, like, not... Are they losing out by not doing grappling? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the, there's so many good things in this world that we should do. But, uh, and we, you know, it, it's so diverse. You can do anything you want. But uh, I always recommend, I mean, obviously, it's what, it's what my business is. So you definitely should grapple. I mean, it's, 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 it's a huge part of it. I really think I was just talking with one of my, uh, my students yesterday about, we, he showed me a video of, you know, like a bar fight. And we were watching these idiots, you know, swing, throw, throw a bottle of beer at someone just getting out of control. And we weren't taught. It wasn't the technique. It's not, it's not grappling or martial arts because of technique or lack of technique. It was because of the, the, the lack of respect. And, uh, they, they, if, if they trained, if they trained grappling or in the martial arts, they would have more respect for each other. And, you know, uh, obviously alcohol is involved. People lose their mind, but you, you wouldn't disrespect another man nearly as much. I mean, it can happen obviously with the right circumstances, but a lot of people get in these brawls and these fights because they have no discipline. They didn't, they didn't, they weren't brought up with any discipline and it's, it's, it's just, you know, that's what I was, when I saw that, I was going, come on, if, the, if everybody trained, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't have nearly as many of these fights. And then you have the other side, you have these, there's obviously people out there. I don't, not saying anybody's names, but, and I don't really know anybody, but the point is there's people out there that go, oh my gosh, you're, you're training kids, martial arts, you're teaching them to fight. You're teaching them MMA. Like that's so bad. Like our society, we should not, we should steer, let's get more civilized and get away from that. And they don't understand that they're creating victims by, by not putting their kids in martial arts and, and not just victims, but they're, the kids aren't letting their energy out. They're not learning the, the, the hard work ethic and the discipline. The more you train, the less fights you should get in. Yeah, I definitely agree with the you know the discipline because it really teaches you to be able to seriously hurt somebody, but be able to control it, to understand it, to see the danger, like what's coming, how to hold somebody in a safe way that they can't hurt you or hurt themselves, and it's. I think it got a bad reputation with some of the brawls that have happened in MMA fights and stuff like that, but. It's what happens like when you throw alcohol into, uh, you know, a, a competition and competitive sport like that. Um, so when you're dealing with these guys, you know, like they're coming in, 
what's the kind of general mistakes that you see them making? You know, is it that they come in like with an over aggressive approach? Is it that they're not consistent enough? Are they coming in with their ego? You know, what kind of thing do you see the guys that you're training making the same kind of mistakes? Is it what what should new people look out for? Definitely, like yeah, definitely a, a beginner that comes in needs to first start out and relax. You know, the the I, the biggest problem I have with people is relaxing, learning to. The problem is they think they're fighting. And uh, once you think it's a fight, your, your mind's not in the right place. They, they really need to understand that the way our brains work and the way our bodies work is we, we, our brain controls our body. And if we are amped up and thinking it's a fight, then we don't, we don't really perform very well. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's like imagine your brain is in a fight state and you're going to try to play the piano. Like you're not going to play the piano very well if you're fighting. You just, you've got to relax. And you, that's the biggest issue that I have with, with my early guys when they first come in is teaching them to relax. Their ego is big. They don't want to lose. They feel that if they relax, that their opponent is going to ragdoll them or, or gain control too easily. And that that's true to a certain extent, but the, 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 the drawback of, of squeezing too much and fighting with too much energy is, is really, really dangerous. You can get hurt. You know, if we're, we do takedowns at our gym a lot. So if guys are amped up and they're squeezing tight, they're very tight. They're going to fall hard. They're going to land with shoulders in the ribs. They're going to stick their arm out and pull strong when they start training. That's why a lot of places, like you said, you trained Gracie Baja. I've heard that, uh, a lot of the schools don't even let you roll in the beginning. They make sure that you're uh, you're up to speed before they even let you. So that's a good idea. Um, my gym, we tend to not not wait that long. Um, I don't know if that's true in your gym. Is it true? Well, in um, I started training uh, in Glasgow, and they let us train pretty soon. You know, it was about a week into it, but we had a couple of beginner fundamental lessons, and then you had kind of yeah. general positional spotting yeah. uh, rolling you know so it was controlled yeah. to an extent so you know when you the guys that come in right away they have a big ego they want to squeeze real tight they want to fight really hard but you know i'm still a little old school so i'm 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 letting the guys get on the mat and uh you know part of me i i know this is true and i know it's going to happen so the other the idea of to remedy it is get these guys go ahead do it use all of your strength Use everything you have, you know, get yourself really, really exhausted. And then, like you said, my little, uh, my little 115 pound girl is going to now choke you. So, um, that way they can learn their lesson. And then afterward you tell them, Hey, look, this is why you lost. You can't do this. You can't, you know, you can't just squeeze the whole time. You're going to burn out your whole body and you're not learning any technique when you're doing that. So for these guys who, you know, like, I'm hoping we're trying to get over the the understanding that, like, you know, you'll get fitter, you'll get, your skill will develop, you'll, you know, you'll be able to defend yourself from attack, you'll, 
you'll be able to build great like like myself great friendships with guys at your gym and it gives you the confidence there's so much to learn but for somebody who's wanting to give grappling a try and it's maybe you know a bit nervous a bit mm, apprehensive about what's going to happen could you give an example of a typical class you know what what would a new person coming to your gym expect for their their first session their first week or something like that you know how do you kind of build the grappling mentality because a lot of us found it strange where you're suddenly in somebody else's personal space. You know, you're very close to somebody. There's, you can feel their breath on your neck sometimes. You, you know, their hands are in your collars or try to choke you out and things like that. You know, how how do you get somebody used to that kind of mentality? Yeah, I mean, those are all real good. You know, real good points. <clears throat> I mean, really, I I what I try to do is I just try to talk about it. You know, with them. Um, when someone first comes in, I, I try to spend some, uh, you know, personal attention. I give them a lot of personal attention, showing them what to do. And, and you know, it, it's I'm still young enough where I pretty much roll with, with anybody that will come in. You know, I'm not uh, old where I, I can't – if a guy's 225 pounds and he's really, really athletic and strong, I can still go with him so I can show him that – it works. So, you know, but once you, you show them that these techniques work, you know, then you can sit them down, uh, you know, like for example, right after the great time is right after you roll with them. Um, you know, they, let's assume they, they tap out, you know, three or four or five times and then you can have a conversation with them. They're, they're winded, they're exhausted. Their brain is going, what the hell's going on? I can't believe this just happened. You, you can see it in their eyes. And, uh, you know, then I have a conversation with them and I say, Hey, listen, do you see how, did you feel how, when you were doing this, I was relaxed. And then they say, yes. And then I go, this is why this happened. And then you can also explain those situations. Like now imagine this, imagine if you had zero training, you know, and like you do right now, you know, and you got in a situation, how scary would it be? If you had some guy with some skill get on top of you and start beating the hell out of you. And, you know, they, they immediately were going to nod. They're going to go, oh, my gosh, like that. That's kind of horrifying. You know, I thought I was strong enough to do this. I looked at you and you were a little guy and I thought I could do that. And and so I just basically try to walk them through the process. Um, you know, the, when I was coming up, there were tapes uh, called the Gracie in Action tapes. Uh, everybody with uh, that's been in the game for a long time remembers these. I don't know if you've ever have you ever seen them or no. Don't think so. It doesn't okay. ring a bell. They were back in the nineties. Uh, Horry and Gracie came out with these tapes uh, before the UFC, and uh, they were called Gracie in Action. There was Gracie in Action one and two, and these tapes were basically the Gracie Challenge. People would come into the Gracie Academy. And they would fight the Kung Fu guy, Aikido guy, Hopkido guy would fight one of the Gracie brothers and they would get slaughtered. You know, this is when you could see Hoist was even younger than when he was in the UFC or Hoyler Gracie or Hicks and Gracie or Horian. And uh, they would get slaughtered. And this was like a very sobering thing for people that, that fought the Gracies 
And it wasn't sobering right away. A lot of times they would lose and then they would have to try again. They would say, I think I can do it if I'm a little faster this time. Or that was a fluke. Uh, I, I just need to be more ready. And uh, then they would lose again. But to a person watching these videotapes, you would watch this and it would, it would do what I'm saying. It would walk you through the process of, man, jujitsu works. Grappling works. You know, if, if you get taken down and you get mounted and you get hit a couple times, even slapped, you're probably going to turn your back and then you're going to get rear naked choked. And, you know, it's, it's a sobering thing. And you, you, you let them know, you say, Hey, look, this is real. You realize this could happen. And when it happens, are you going to be the one that says, Oh, well, I didn't really want to train because it was uncomfortable to be close to someone. Uh, I'd rather just uh, do some kicks and punches on a bag. So I don't have to get too close to someone. Cause I feel like it's uh, homosexual to, to, to get on top of someone and be so close. You know, it's like, you guys need to get over it. You realize this is what a real fight's like. Do you think that, uh, you know, a, a lion has to just, uh, uh, one little bite and the animal's down? No, it's a, it's a vicious, uh, game of, 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 uh, it's a battle of attrition, you know, of taking an animal down and holding on for a long time until it finally loses its air and, and, and goes unconscious and, you know, and then it rips it to shreds. I go, it's the same thing with us. You know, the real world isn't Kung Fu fighting, you know, with, with pretty kicks, although sometimes pretty kicks work. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a grappling only guy. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in striking as well. I just, I, for grappling is my forte. I mean, it's what I'm, it's what I'm best at, you know? So. Well, movies and TV shows have such a big thing to show for, you know, because you look at like some of these films where it's like one punch can knock out three guys and Steven Seagal can take out a, you know, an, an acre of men with like just a stare, you know, all these kind of ridiculous concepts. But when suddenly it becomes real and somebody's coming at you and they're pushing you down and they've got your arm and they're bending it in an awkward way, it you quickly lose your ego. And it took me a while to kind of get out of my head that yes i'm a big guy i'm six foot three yes i'm muscular and all that but it doesn't really matter for somebody that knows the technique will always beat somebody else who doesn't because they know the leverage they know the pivot points they know the how to bend the body in a certain way to cause pain how to use the gi how to manipulate somebody into a situation where they can attack a particular joint and it's it's amazing after it just clicks all of a sudden and you start thinking how did they do that how did i get submitted from there okay show me how to do that and as you learn a technique there's a defense to get against it then there's a counter then there's a counter to that counter and before you know it there's thousands of things and you you become obsessed with it you know and it isn't like i'm I could talk about it all day long, but if you had to, I mean, have you found like a concept about it that lets people learn it quicker? You know, for somebody who's starting this journey, uh, black belt looks 10 years down the line, minimum, you know, it could be a terrifying 
kind of venture. How can somebody start learning this quickly? You know, is it um, just training? Should they do personal training? Should they be looking at YouTube videos, studying books? They definitely need to watch my channel, Teach Me Grappling. <laughs> you got to get on my channel. It's the way to go. You want to get the fast, get on the fast track to getting good. That's where you go. No, but uh, you know, all these things are going to help. It's it's time on the mat. Um, personal training helps a ton. If you have, if people have the means to do private lessons with their instructor, it's going to make them better without a doubt. Um, more training, as long as your training's safe and you don't, you know, if you go, oh well, I'm going to train five days a week, and you're injuring yourself, then training five days a week is counterproductive. But, uh, you know, as long as you're not getting hurt, more time on the mat's going to make you better faster. Um, good technique is going to help you as well. I'm going to give an opinion that, uh, I have and I, I, it sounds, I, 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 I hesitate to say it. I'm, I'm doing this right now because it makes me sound like I'm arrogant, but I, I'm just trying to be real with you guys. It's if the problem is most people don't have the knowledge. The majority of people on the planet don't have knowledge. There's a few people on the planet that have the knowledge. Okay. There's a lot of black belts that are very good at jujitsu. They can actually fight. They are, they are skilled but they still don't really know that much about jujitsu. They have black belts. They can spar. They're good. But transferring knowledge is not their best asset. And not only is it's not just the ability to transfer the knowledge, but then it's also the knowledge itself. So for example, in you don't need, let's say you don't need calculus in your day-to-day -day life, but a black belt is like a guy who knows basic math. He understands what fractions are. He knows what decimal points are. And, you know, he can do even some basic algebra. So you don't need advanced algebra. You don't need calculus. But the thing is, when you understand math at a very high level, you, you, you start to get to what, like, I would call, like, the essence of it. And you start to apply it in so many different ways in your jujitsu. And when you get to that point, everything gets a lot easier. But I think most instructors, because they aren't quite there, and I go this again, this makes me sound very arrogant to say this, but there's many people aren't quite there. And so what they do is they, they do these, they go through the movements. You, you show up to a class, you start warming up. You do like 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes of calisthenics. You're jogging around. You're 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 uh, doing high knees and you're 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 doing bear crawls and you're you're shrimping down the mat and you're doing rolls and back you know forward and backward and so on and so forth. You do these pre uh, pre you know right before the class. You do these warm up drills. They're supposed to get you ready for jujitsu. You do them every single day that you train and they're great. There's nothing wrong with that. They're great. But after a while, you've done those movements so many times. Most of these students are hungry for knowledge. 
they're hungry to learn something new. And they, they, even if they don't show it on the outside, they don't ver- verbalize it. They don't say that they are hungry. That's what they need. If they want to improve and get on a fast track to getting better, they need an instructor that's going to get down there with them and show them exactly how to make this stuff work in real time. But instead, what most academies are doing is they're doing the basics and not that basics are bad, but they're going through the movements. They're just going, okay, you're in the mount. The guy turns on his side. You slide your knee up. You put your other foot up. Okay, now you're in a technical mount. Now we hold the arm. We make sure he stays down and we pass our leg over the head and we close our knees together and we do an arm bar and they'll go through that movement. It's not bad. It's great. But there comes a time when you have to feed your students and you have to give them a little bit more reality of what it's like. You have to show the what ifs. You got to answer all the what if questions. You got to give them the inner details that make it work. You got to talk about the, uh, the theory behind everything. You got to talk about, uh, the, uh, how, how things feel go, go, uh, using the art of war, using tactics, not just techniques, but also tactics. The idea of tiring your opponent out, the idea of making them think one thing, but you do something else. Understanding when it's time to hide and when it's time to run. You know, sometimes it's better to hide from a technique. Other times you better run. If you hide, you're gonna get you're gonna get found. So there's so many things in this in this game that are very important. And I think if you're gonna make a good student fat and you wanna make him really good fast, the all these things need to be transferred. But I don't think it's going on at the majority of schools out there. And it's not it's not their fault. I mean, it's just they don't they just don't possess it. It's just not there. And I, I know it sounds bad that I'm saying this, but it's true. It just it is what it is. And all the best instructors out there know exactly what I'm saying. And when people go to great schools, they know it right away because their instructor is 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 opening their mind on a constant it maybe not every day. I'm not saying you should come out of every class and feel like you just you know, found the Holy Grail, but on a weekly basis, your brain should get stimulated. But I meet so many people all the time that come take my class. And the first thing they tell me is, this is different. This is like totally different. I'm learning now. And it's usually at about the blue belt level. So somehow the blue belts are being left behind the whites and the blues. Now the guys that reach purple and up, they're like, uh, obviously have something in their head where they they can get the knowledge and the whites and the blues, they need a little bit more help. They need, they need more attention. And, uh, it's just not happening out there uh, on a large scale. So I can go on and on on that. No, I mean, I, I definitely agree. It's, you know, you see this the whole time as you, people turn up and say, grab this arm, yes. spin here, move there, shift your weight there, but they don't explain how to get into that position. They don't explain why to go into that position. It's very robotic. You know, it's the, it's like, I, li- I like it better when I learn the concept, you know, like why we grip here, why you would do that, why we wouldn't do that sweep from there. You know, you can learn the techniques later on, but if you understand that, you know, if you 
stop somebody posting on this side you can tip them easier you know what i mean it's like yeah. there's very basic concepts like uh what is it they say in jiu-jitsu it's to give them your legs you know like put them in guard etc but always avoid their legs to stop them tying you up so i mean is there concepts that you found in grappling that have helped white belts and blue belts understand these kind of things and help them progress towards they're like you know moving on to like purple belt and understanding these things a bit better um yeah i mean it's uh i i again it's i have lots of lots of things that i that i use you know when i when i teach little little stories little ideas but uh i could go i it depends if I could go over one of them or two of them with you and, and explain it with words. Yeah. So it's good. Um, you know, I, I, and this is the other thing, but these are also teaching tactics, ways to teach people so that they can understand. I, I'm a big analogy guy. I like to use analogies. Um, I think people learn better with analogies because it gives them something they understand, you know, and then they can, uh, they can kind of like, uh, uh, use it like use the similarities so for example i'll say guys look like right now in jujitsu you don't know where you are so it's like i dropped you in a place you were blindfolded and i dropped you into a place you've never been before you don't know where the streets are you don't know where the the library is you don't know where the uh, post office is you don't know where the grocery store is you don't know where the bank is you don't know where your home is and, but once you start learning that, like when you were a little kid, you were driving in the backseat of a car and all of a sudden you started to figure out, oh, this is how I get to school. Cause when mom or dad drops me off, we go down this street and you start to learn. And there comes a time when you knew your town. And there also comes a time where you could be dropped anywhere in your town. And it doesn't matter where you are. You just have to walk down the street a little bit, look at a sign and you know exactly where you are and you know how to get home and you don't have to go home to go back towards another place. So sometimes when you first start learning jujitsu, you learn where the bank is. So you go from your home to the bank. That could be like going from the guard to an arm bar. So then you're in a situation, maybe it's half guard and then you learn Go back to home, which is guard, and then you go to the bank, which is the arm bar. Instead of what you should have done, you should have just went straight to the bank. Why did you drive back home so that you could then go to the bank? You didn't need to. So you need GPS. You need enough knowledge that you know exactly where the streets are. You you basically, what do they call it, reroute uh, in GPS? Mm -hmm. You need to reroute and go straight to where you need to go. What was the point of going back to the guard? And th then the reply is, well, I know that the guard's good. And I'm like, yes, the guard is good. But you didn't need to go there. It doesn't make any sense. But it is the way our brains work in the beginning of jiu-jitsu. So we have to teach positions. This is good. This is bad. Mount is good. Being mounted is bad. Guard is good. Getting inside someone's guard is bad. You need to open the guard. That's how we learn in the beginning. But it has to be communicated with a white belt or a blue belt that eventually, once you establish what good positions are, you have to learn how to navigate and transition between these positions. 
So this is just an example, just an example of one thing that I go over with my students quite a bit so that they can understand, you know, I, I've seen guys that were even, uh, let, again, let's say a purple belt that still goes back to the guard instead of seizing the opportunity to attack. And it's like, there was no point in going back to the guard, but they do it subconsciously because their, their instructor taught them that the guard is good and that they need to go back to the guard. But they never realized that there was a clear opening to either get up or reverse their opponent or if submit their opponent. But they're not being shown this. They're being shown the very bare basics and the basics are great, but you're not going to get to a higher level. I, it, what's funny is everyone talks about how the basics are amazing. It's the foundation. It's the most common thing. They do mm -hmm. it in every industry. The basic count. And I'm not saying I don't believe that. But if you watch any black belt match, what do you see? Do you see straight basics all the time? No. You see lots of crazy, funky stuff. I mean, like, it all depends on what you're looking at. See, some people go, oh, look, he hip escaped. He did the basics. Yeah, he hip escaped. But did you see him jump over the guard looking for a Kimura? And when the other guy came on top and defended it, he immediately got his guard back by flipping upside down and spinning into the guard. He didn't do anything, anything a white belt does. He did nothing that a blue belt does. He did something that a black belt does. And, you know, it's like, it, 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 so the way I view it, I'm like, yeah, the basics are important. So are the advanced techniques, you know, and, and I don't even like the, uh, the distinction between advanced and basics. It, when it comes down to it, it's all important to me. And uh, there's times where I'll teach a student that's starting out. He may not know every bit of the basics of an Americana, but if the guy knows how to darse choke you, he's going to finish you. And why is that such a bad thing? You know? Everybody goes, yeah, he might know a Darce, but he doesn't know an Americana. So what do you, what is that like? A, a, are you trying to uh, make fun of him? Are you trying to say that he's not good? But wait a minute, he just choked you with a Darce. And I, I had this growing up when I was starting. I had jujitsu guys that came from other academies that I rolled with, and they would always criticize my technique. Because where I came from, we, we, we worked on a lot of stuff. I had a lot of material in my head and it's kind of made me who I am today. And people would constantly say, Oh, well that technique's not good. My instructor says this is the way it should be done. And I was the one thinking outside the box and I just did what worked. And, uh, you know, it's funny when you tap someone out with a, with a certain technique and then they tell you it's wrong. And then I'd laugh and go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe the guy just said that. Yeah, we've got a lot of them. You know, it's we'll we'll do a class and you'll get, you know, maybe say there's thirty in the class and they'll all sit and watch and learn the same technique and then you start rolling at the end of the lesson and they'll you'll start going you can pinpoint the exact moment, they all set it up the exact way, you can see them thinking the technique rather than, oh, I could try going this route instead or that's opened up here well that modify it and try that you know it's the same move over and over again yeah. and they don't really understand why they're doing it do they and then they tell you off that when you do something different that still beats them 
but they don't see they don't see evolution of a technique or learning how to control a person by you know keeping the weight on the hips to allow you to transition to get hold of the arm so they think oh no it wasn't the way i was showing it that it can't possibly be right and i think this is what a lot of people lose you know they they look at technique over control they don't understand the basics that it should be how to hold somebody down how to know to get back to your feet or control their legs or pass their legs or you know there's all these kind of basics that yes are great but if you just do basics the whole time eventually you're going to get caught by the guy that knows how to block it because everybody knows the basics and then can do the the spinning barambola like the arm bar or you know there's there's always going to be somebody that knows something more so so why do you think your technique you know like because you when I noticed on your reviews, you have such amazing feedback from people. And some people are saying things like, that's the first time I've ever understood that. Yeah. You know, Why do you think your coaching style is so good? You know, how, Why is it that you've managed to teach so many people yeah. this kind of thing? Is it just the way you approach it? Or is it the unique way? I have a theory behind why why it is. I mean, this is basically the feedback that I've gotten. And it's also the way that I learn. I think it's because I address the what ifs. Um, I've always, I've always been annoyed. It, back in the '90s, they were hilarious videos. Uh, a videotape series on martial arts were always funny because they would show a technique, and it's still done to this day this way. This is how people they think this is the way it's done. You show a move, and and it's over. You know, you, maybe you show it three times and then you show it fast and it's over. And the person is always left thinking to themselves, what if this would have happened? And you don't get to speak with the guy and ask him questions. You don't get the what ifs. So I always do at least a few what ifs, at least. You'll notice that in almost every one of my videos. If I don't do it, 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 it it's... It's probably just because I'm trying to get the video done as fast as I can. I cannot help myself when I teach that I feel that I have to address every possible counter, immediate counter, and address all the issues. But that's also to clear up the details. You know, if you don't address the what ifs, you know, let's say, uh, let's see, what, what did I just teach? I, I taught, uh, the last video I put up was a butterfly sweep from, from an arm drag grip. So, um, you know, I'm going to talk about where my opponent's weight is. If, if, uh, in most techniques they say, okay, get a butterfly sweep. Here's an underhook. Here's the arm. And then you do this and then you flip him. And it's like, okay, that's great. That's really awesome. But every time I roll, the guy resists. He doesn't let me. So one of the first things in my head is, I have to tell these people how to get his weight off balance and then, and possibly go on a little uh, rant of, of how and why, and, and not just how I'm going to do it, but why I'm going to do it. And, and then what if he also shifts his weight a certain different direction? So I think that that's the biggest difference between my videos and most everyone else's videos, but everyone is getting better. So I'm not the only one. There's many great instructors out there, especially on YouTube. There's a lot of crap, 
but there's also a lot of great instructors and they're giving, they're giving the why, you know, and the how. So. Cause you see it, don't you? You know, it's people say, right, this is what you do from this position. This is how you pass the guard. This is how you put on a key lock or a Americana, or this is how you do an Ezekiel choke, you know, once you're on mount or, you know, there's all these kind of things, but it's a world of difference when the opponent is fighting back, is kicking, is rolling, is trying to shift the weight or block you. And if you don't see how to do that or understand the, the concepts behind it, and that's why I really like your material because you really break it down into how to get to that position, how to control that person, what to do if they did this, how to get out of it if you're starting from that position rather than that position it's your staff is really good i mean it's 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 unique in the sense like i've i look i'm one of these kind of freaks that goes on and has 50 subscriptions to you know once i get into hobby i'm checking everything and your your videos are fantastic and i learned so much from it and it's one of those channels that when i spoke to friends they always recommended checking out your material so i mean it's it's I absolutely love that kind of stuff. So, just now, at at time of the interview, like I'm a four a four tab white belt, for example. That's awesome. One of my friends got promoted recently, and I was hoping to get my blue belt within the year. It's I'll be about a year in November the sixth, but I've had a few weeks away when I couldn't go into training and things like that. What do you look for in terms of? progression with a student you know like if you were to say that they were ready to get the next level the next tab the next belt what what do you need to see in a student to say yes they're ready for progression um well uh for me again the way to give you a quick rundown of how i view the belt system um you know some people uh, have gone in the direction of uh, similar to other martial arts where they, they demand that, you know, maybe they have a curriculum and they say, you have to know this, you have to know X, Y, Z to, to move on. Um, I'm still very old school to me. It's about uh, performance. So our jujitsu is about performance. If, if you can make it work, um, I'm okay with it. And I'm a very open-minded person. So I, I don't demand um, many, many things from my students. Like, for example, you have to know this. Like, I have a student that doesn't know a triangle very well. He's probably never triangled anyone. But he can take you down. He can pass your guard. He can hit you with a darse choke. He can uh, take your back and choke you. He can hit you with a guillotine. You know, just say, say for example, but he still can't really do a triangle. And honestly, if he was to teach someone, if someone said, can you teach me a triangle? He probably couldn't do it very well. He could do it, but it wouldn't look very good. Now, there's many people with an opinion that says that should not, that guy should not be a blue belt. You know, if you're a blue belt, you should at least be able to teach a triangle. And I partly agree with it, but I, as I get older, I used to say that by the way, but as I get older, I keep going, wait a minute. 
who said that a triangle is the definition of a blue belt? Like, why do they have to know a triangle? Or why do they have to know an Americana? And why do we value? Why is it that much more, more important? You know, even as something as simple as a rear naked choke, I certainly believe all my students better know a rear naked choke, by the way. But if I had a student that didn't know how to do a rear naked choke, but he could outgrapple you in every other way, why should I value? It, it, to me, it's about the performance. I keep coming back to it. I go when it's about self-defense or if it's about, you know, learning this art. I go, it's, it's, it's an art form. And I like the idea of being an individual and being, being, making it your jujitsu. In this case, we're using the word jujitsu. Sometimes I use the word grappling, but I'll say jujitsu. It's your jujitsu, you know? I mean, that's how I really came on as much as I have recently was I started doing some private lessons and I realized that the, my training partner, like a good friend of mine is, he likes to use the gi to wrap people up and hold them in certain positions, you know, in certain guards using the gi where I'm not suited for that. I'm suited for pressure passing. And one of my concerns was, should I be doing all that kind of spinning stuff and using the gi where the, my professor said, no, you should be doing what feels right you know and he was happy that i had i was looking at it as it doesn't work for me so i'm sticking to pressure passing to you know to hold people down to use side control because that's what was benefiting me but i think it's like it's like you mentioned earlier there's too many people teach like that's the pinnacle this is the criteria of what you yeah. have to know I mean, I'm not a spinning armbar kind of guy, but I can side control pressure into a, you know, just a slide off armbar or something like that. That works for me. So I'm going to do that all the time. Right. And that, there's, that's awesome. So, so jujitsu, you know, like I was going to say this, jujitsu is when people do jujitsu, you know what they tell people when someone says, uh, what martial art do you do? People will say, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. What is Brazilian jiu-jitsu? And, and yes, it is a general style, but let me explain what you're really doing. You know what you're doing? You're not doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You're doing, insert your instructor's name, jiu-jitsu. That's what you're doing. You're doing what they teach you, and that is at the same time mixed with your own name, jiu-jitsu. You're, everyone is doing their own style. There's no two styles exactly alike. And sure, at some point we draw a line and we, we call what we do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and we call what Kung Fu does Kung Fu. But in the end, they're all combat styles. And, you know, my Jiu-Jitsu is very different from the next Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt instructor. Mine is very different. So because I know this, I teach my students that it's going to be yours. Make it yours. I use that phrase a lot. I say, if, if one of my students shows me something that they do, it's a little unique. It's a little bit different than the way I do it. I explained that. I said, I wouldn't recommend it. I said, but you know what? I just saw you submit that guy. Go ahead. Keep doing it. Make it yours. And I say, make it yours. And it's funny because like some people will say, uh, yeah, but he's a blue belt. 
and he did it on another blue belt. Would it work on a black belt? And, you know, that argument is a good argument. It's not a bad argument, but it's also a silly argument as well, because do you really think you're going to be fighting a black belt if you got in a street situation? You know, the odds of fighting another black belt are so low, it's ridiculous. So if a guy gets away, and if you can want to criticize his technique and say it's terrible, okay. But if he can make it work, what's the what's the harm in that? And what's I want my students to feel confident. I want them to believe in themselves. I want them to develop something that they can do. And the reality is most people won't ever reach black belt. But if I can get a blue belt to hit a few different techniques on people and, and feel good about themselves and it enriches their life, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I, I don't want to encourage anyone to stop making everyone try to fit in a box and try to fit in your box. You know, everybody's like, no, you have to do it this way. This is how it's done. It's like, oh my gosh, that's how we don't evolve, guys. You know? That, that's that's what I get. If I go back to what I was saying earlier about the the warmups and the 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 you know the way an armbar is done in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, the basic way that almost ninety percent of schools, if you notice style, they all do the same thing. You know, they all shrimp the same way. They all do an armbar the same way. You know what that is? That's one guy from years and years and years ago showed an armbar. He was pretty good, and he said, "This is how it's done." And then it spread like wildfire. And then this guy taught it to the next guy. And that guy taught it to the next guy. And they said, this is the way it's done. If you keep doing that, you're basically doing, I'm just making a Mm -hmm. joke, but you're doing 1960s jujitsu. You know, you're not evolving. You're still working with the, with the, with the flip phone. And I'm going to have the iPhone 10 max, you know, Um, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to modify my arm bar and make it better even if it means a quarter inch movement. And that's what the best guys are doing. When you look at Marcelo Garcia, you know, he, he's showing techniques to people and everybody's so blown away. He's What he's doing is he's modifying the basics and he's improving upon them. He's showing you a new way of doing it and he's improving it. And people go, no, it's not a new move. It's, it's still a butterfly sweep. No. Watch what he does. It's different. It's better. You can't just go back and do it the old way. That's not the way it's done. That's not how we progress in this world. It's not how we get new technology. It's not how we get better. So when you lock yourself in that box, you have to do it this way. And everybody's bodies are different. We all have two arms, two legs. Well, most of us do. But we're all different. Let let Ian be Ian. If he has a way of doing an armbar and it works for him, let him do it. You know, don't try to that. I just think that that's one of the other big issues why people don't progress because they're learning their instructor's jujitsu version of jujitsu and they may not mesh well with it. It may not mix as well. So until you give them the freedom to make their own art, remember it's martial art. You know, if you give them the freedom to be artists, they will come up with something. Now, sure. When they're running their head into a wall, an instructor needs to guide them in the right direction. But if they're breaking through the mold in their own way, let them do it. Yeah, I absolutely love that because at the moment, 
I've like I've asked, you know, what I need to do to get to my blue belt, and I got told to just keep doing what I'm doing. Where I was learning the technique and I was able to demonstrate it a lot better than most of the some of the other blue belts that were there. Then I was tapping other yeah. blue belt like blue belts that there while I was a, a white belt. Then I was rolling consistently with them and winning majority of the rolls. Then I was thinking, well, what else do I need to do? You know, and yes, it's good to know that there is this technique, but some of the techniques that were shown are things I would never do in a roll because it put me into a, you know, a vulnerable position or it would not be something that I could control or like you're saying, my body's not suited to invert myself around to you know invert guard or something like that whereas i might just side control because yeah. it's easier here you know, i think it's i think because i i'm in a gym that's part of a chain they kind of follow the head the program that somebody else has put down in. Right. and it's like you're saying there's maybe not that evolution of style because you're shown how to do it in a certain way and that's why I like your kind of channels because yeah. you see different things. I mean, I had an older brother growing up, so we did a lot of wrestling where you were grabbing each other and you learned how to do a fireman's carry when he was jumping on your back and you learned how to roll to get somebody off you when they were annoying you and all this kind of stuff. So I've started introducing those little tweaks into what I'm doing. And I was delighted when I, I was told it was all legal. Um but I mean, obviously you can, t you can hit yeah. your brother, but you know, it's, this is what I always think. I find it really weird is it seems to change every so often of what it's needed. You know, I mean, what kind of mentality should people have? Is it just a case of coming in and just going and doing your class and leaving? Do you want to see the, like a fire in somebody's eye? Do you want them to, have them asking questions do you want them to be motivated like you know or open like a sponge and doing exactly what you tell them or do you want to see them questioning you or what kind of mentality in a student is best for you yeah i mean all those things sound great i mean but everyone's personality is so different so obviously it's great to have a student that Okay, like, you know, a student that's interested is obviously very positive. It's hard to argue with that. A student that, that, that really works hard and does his best, can't argue with that. I can tell you things we don't like, uh, not just myself, but just about every other instructor. We don't want a student that, uh, we like students that ask questions. We don't like students that uh, are constantly asking questions to a point where it shows that they're trying to run their own show and they mm. aren't trying to, they're not trying to receive, they're trying to transmit. And it's obvious. They aren't asking questions because they want an answer to them. They're really just trying to transmit what they think is true or good or real or whatever. And so, you know, if you're talking too much, you probably need to shut up and just learn. So that, that, you know, it's like a little kid that, that, that does that with his parents, you know, and they need, they should be just keeping their mouth shut and learning. But at the same time, we don't, instructors, we don't want someone to keep their mouth shut if, if what's going on in their brain, they're not really, really getting it. If they're not getting it, please ask a question, you know, maybe, maybe we can help you and get, make you better. 
um, you know, you don't need to have an attitude like you know everything. Please be humble. Don't don't go and try to coach everyone, uh, especially if you're a white or blue belt. You don't need to go and coach everyone. It's common about the blue belt level, but even white belts, even even white belts will do it, but blue belts will go and they need to uh, impart their knowledge on the next student. And you, the funny thing is, the, I, I believe it's called the, uh, they have a name for this. Have you heard of the, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect? I believe it's called. It's like when you don't know something, but you overestimate your own ability because you think you know, because you know a little bit and you think you know everything. But when, when the instructor's walking around, we see the blue belt or the white belt teaching the other person the technique. We see them doing it grossly wrong. And they're speaking so confidently, like they know exactly how to do it. And you, you eventually reach a stage where you know enough that you realize you don't know. It's like, uh, what is that? Socrates, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you know so much that you realize, oh man, I, I don't know anything. <laughs> like I know something, but man, there's so much more. But then you have the, the problem is people who listen, uh, who don't know anything think, oh, well, they're confident. So they must know what they're talking about. Yeah. So they, so they learn like the BS technique because that person sounds confident totally. and yep. Yeah, we've got a few of them like that. It's, they'll stop you halfway finishing a choke and they'll say, oh, yeah, I tapped because you were, yeah, I just wanted to show you how to put this on rather than their ego saying, oh, crap, he beat me, you know, or he caught me in that move. Or And I'm even on myself as the instructor. I'm constantly doing this. I go, I, I you know, if I wanted to, I could fool so many people. You know, and I don't do that. I use a lot of honesty when I teach and I could fool so many people and say, yeah, I know this. I know that. I know everything. But there's plenty of times when a student will ask me, hey, do you grab the wrist like this or like that? And I say, you know what? I think I do this. And I think I do that sometimes as well. I go, I think this is better, but actually I'm not sure. Why don't you try it about 10 times? And then you let me know what you think. You know, and, and I'm constantly doing that with my students. If I don't know the answer, if I do know the answer, I'm going to give them everything that I know, that I know is true. But if I don't know it, I don't claim to know it. You know, and I think a lot of people are, are always claiming that they know and they really don't. And they're just, they're just, they're just acting confident, like you said. And, and then it just fools everyone. And, you know, so... Oh, sorry, was that the thing that really annoyed you when you went, you made the transition from competitor to coach? Did you start getting annoyed at how there's always that lower rank guy that thinks he knows everything and he tells, he teaches his own class after you've showed the technique? You know, we've, every gym's got somebody who doesn't. They, they always have them. Every gym has one or two or three, but you know, depending on the size of your gym, everybody's got one. Um, yeah, I mean, you just deal with it. And as you get older, like, you know, I'm 40 now. I, I've been doing this for 25 years. I've been, you know, teaching as my profession for roughly, how long has it been now? 15 years is my profession, um, where it's my sole, sole, you know, income comes from teaching martial arts. Um, 
you know, it, it happens a lot. But now as I'm older, I just tell them, you know, you just, I just go up and say, Hey, that's really good. I like that you're helping him. And I said, but I, I want to show you guys, actually, let me step in here for a second. I go, when you do it, do it like this. I go, and here's why. And then instantly the blue belt, let's say, will go, Oh, I'm sorry, coach. I didn't, I didn't mean to show him wrong. You know, and at least that should be the response. And then I'll go, Hey, it's okay that you guys are helping each other. I go, but if there's ever any doubt that you have something, just don't be afraid to ask. I'm right here. So, you know, and so I, 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 I'll do that. And, uh, other times, you know, there, here's another take on it. It's not such a bad thing either. If you have a blue belt showing a white belt, let's just say a little improper. It can't be a hundred percent wrong. He's got to get something right. You know, so let's say he gets 70% of the move correct, but he's got 30% wrong. Now everyone likes to look at the 30% and say, well, that 30% is going to make the move not work. And therefore he's going to create bad habits. And I, I'm not totally on that. I'm not with that 100%. I still like to look at it and go, no, he taught 70%. Stop looking at it like it's half empty. The glass is half full. He gave him 70% of good stuff. And now when I come over, I'll correct the 30%. And look, the student will think I'm God. You know, he'll think that, wow, coach really knows his stuff. He just made it even better. You know, so... Any instructors out there, remember, it's almost like a really good thing when they mess up a little because then you can come in there. Otherwise, if your blue belt can teach it identical to way, the way you taught it, that means you're a good instructor, I guess. But it also means, man, that technique, what do they need you for if a blue belt can show it? You know, so <laughs> so it's not such a bad thing either. And, and to me, the real world... You've got to constantly correct things. It's not like they're going to get it 100% correct the first time. And and that's the other thing. I The way I believe and the way I teach is pr probably very different than most people. My students will make mistakes constantly when they're drilling, just like anywhere. And I don't always think it's such a bad thing. And sometimes I even encourage it. I'll say, hey, just keep doing it. You're in the ballpark, you know. Try to remember to pass your leg over the head before your butt hits the mat on that arm bar. Remember, if you pass the leg over the head after your butt hits, the guy may sit up on you and get out of your arm bar. So try to pass your leg over first. And then I, and then I tell him, hey, but the truth be told, I've done it before like that and I've still gotten it. You know, again, it's like being as open as I can be. Some people will criticize and say, well, that's sloppy. And I'll go, yeah, well, guess what? I'm pretty good at sloppy jujitsu then because I, I have a lot of success, you know? And, you know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to be technical, but it's like the best example I give is I go, you can't teach a, uh, a one-year-old how to walk perfectly, you know? When they're trying to walk, you hold their hand maybe, you, you help them up on their feet, and you let them hobble around and they're off balance, and they're not walking in a straight line, it's okay. Just keep telling them they're doing great and, and, and keep working on it. And as their muscles get stronger and you keep changing little little tweaks, it's like, again, it's like like a, like an art form. You know, you, you're, 
you're, you're painting something on a canvas. It doesn't look like a work of art when you first start, but you keep adding little details. And, and, and that's how you build someone up, in my opinion. In other words, you can't scold them constantly about, it's got to be like this. You have to do it like this. You have to. It, it's like, just kind of work with them and, and change things a little bit at a time. Don't try to make big changes all at once. You know, just get them in the ballpark. And if it's still too complicated with a technique, then just just break it up into little pieces. You know, put it in bite-sized pieces so they can get it. You know, I'll teach a, a white belt a three-step arm bar with already um, like omitting details. I do it on purpose. Now, a black belt or somebody or even a blue belt, more typically, would look at my, let's say if they caught me on video teaching this white belt, they would immediately make a judgment on me, on my skill. They would say, oh, that guy's terrible. Mm -hmm. That arm bar looks like crap. It's got three steps to it and he's missing tons of details. And they don't understand what I'm doing. I'm just getting this guy's brain to understand that when you put two legs over somebody's body, one across their chest and one across their head, and you pull on that wrist, that you're going to get them to tap out because you're going to break their arm. And then, you know, it's another way of teaching. And I use this method quite a bit with a lot of moves. It depends on who I'm working with. If I'm teaching the purple belts and higher, I definitely give them every single little detail, every little bit. But when you give a white belt all the details, you wow them, but they also don't get it, you know? And like I said, you want to build confidence. Confidence matters. If you have confidence in a technique, it might work. If you have beautiful technique but no confidence, it's not. It's going to fall apart, I guarantee you. The second someone fights you, you, you confidence matters is almost more important than – it is more important. It's more important than good technique. I would rather have a guy with bad technique and a lot of confidence, to be honest. But this comes from fighting. This is spoken – as not a guy training in an academy, tapping people out. I'm talking about getting into competition. If you don't have confidence, you're not going to do it. It's not going to work. So, I don't know. This is a little piece of me. So, no, I, could, I, could, I really agree with that because it's we do a thing that's similar where if we're passing guard, for example, drilling it, here the coach will show how the basic concept of you want to get over his legs and then get sit on yeah. his hips, you know, like really basic kind of, so they can understand the goal, the main aim. Whereas as he shows it with higher and higher belts, you know, it's suddenly he'll start showing now you want to keep your weight here on this hip, because, you know, and then staple that leg because if not, yeah. they can shrimp back and do that. And then for the next level, it's even higher and higher. And it's like you've said that is people look and go, oh, no, that's not like thousands of bits of information, but sometimes that's all you can absorb is A to B. That's yeah. the goal. You know, just do how you would naturally do it, like step over a leg and pass. But once a person starts defending, you have to start doing the little intricacies, the little controls, and then how to counter their counters. And it's an amazing sport. So how do you see yourself evolving over the next few while i mean what's the plans for the channel you know i mean you mentioned at the start that it's like a, a fast growing channel and i can't understand why it's not 
absolutely massive and it's like the number one channel for people because I've learned so much in such a short time using your videos. So where do you want to take this? How do you want to build your brand and evolve it, say, over the next five years? Yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I've pretty much I'm all in right now. You you've probably noticed in the last three and a half months or so, I I've done a video almost every day. So it's it's you know I'm not rich by any means, but uh, through Patreon and through uh, PayPal and through the ads on YouTube, I'm I'm starting to make a little bit of money, and uh, it's enough for me to give attention and and to do it every day, and. Uh, so my goal is obviously to to get as many subscribers as possible and make it a, a, a bigger part of my living. I own a gym, you know, Peterson Grapplers in Valencia, California. And, you know, the gym is doing well. Um, definitely the YouTube channel starting to bring in more people as well. So that's good. Um, but I, you know, I, I also, uh, I have a brand called Sub Only. And, um, so I'd like to, to, to start marketing that brand as well. But, um, you know, I want to make it bigger and better. My goal has never been money driven. I I've, I've always been, uh, under the belief that if I just do what I love and I work really hard at it, money will come. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so far it's true, you know, and I'm happy. I'm a happy person. I don't, I don't have any mental health issues. I'm not, I also don't put myself, I don't live above my means. So it's very easy to live a very comfortable life for me right now. Um, with what I do, teaching jujitsu, owning a gym, running a YouTube channel. So uh, money is, is great. That's what obviously we all work, work for a living, but, uh, I'm just want to make it uh, for me, it's more, to be honest, it's legacy. It's, it's more about, I want to establish, uh, it's not like I have, a, it's not like there's a world championship for YouTube channels or, or for teaching. Um, but what I'd like to do is leave behind my legacy. Uh, I want people to, there's a little ego involved. I want people to know what I know and I want to spread the knowledge. I want people, you know, when I die someday, and my brain matter, I, all the, all the information is going to get lost. So I know I have something in my head and there's a lot of information in there that a lot of people don't know. And many people know what I know, but it's spread out across thousands of individuals. And that's the whole thing that we're all different. If you, if you pulled a thousand jujitsu instructors, you could get all the moves that I have, except for a few, right? That are unique mm -hmm. to me. But those thousand guys are in thousand different places. And so I know I'm unique and I know I have a lot of information. I want to get it all out. I want I, I've told myself, I go, if I do a video every single day, 365 days, I should have 365 videos or, or give or take. And so I'm going to hit a thousand videos in three years easily. We're already at maybe over 150. I haven't checked in a while, but uh, there's well over 150 now. Um, easily within less than three years, it should have a thousand. And people say, aren't you going to run out of technique? Maybe you should do videos like twice a week or once a week. And I go, no, jujitsu is endless. 
I'm going to do videos until I have nothing left. And when I have nothing left, I'm done. But I guarantee you, I won't have, it won't happen. Because to this point, just yesterday I was training and I learned something new. I'll be putting it on video real soon. Again, it's, it's, uh, it's totally new. As far as I can tell, I'm, has there been a human being that's done it before? Sure. Sure. But I guarantee you the, the, the move I have in my head right now, nobody's taught it on a video. As far as I can tell, I mean, maybe we'll see when it comes out. I always get people who go, that's not new. We've been doing that back since 1998 or whatever. And it's so funny because, uh, you, you can't find it on any video or book, but everyone claims that they used to do it. So, but it, you know, it's, See, see, there's something true. Let me go on this too. I'm going to just keep ranting. There, th this subject of there's, it's all been done before. I love this phrase. I love it and I hate it. It's true, guys. It's all been done before, generally. But no, it has not all been done before. That is the best way to not learn. That's the best way to not grow. You are not going anywhere with that attitude. It Every single time I watch jujitsu, I'm talking about like live uh, Gordon Ryan, you know, grappling at quintet. He is doing things that have never been done before. And if you guys don't see it, then you're either blind or you just don't have the comprehension skill that you don't even see what he's doing. These guys, the young guys coming up, Gary Tonin, Gordon Ryan, I'm just speaking of the Nogi guys right now, but there's plenty of Gi guys doing it too. When Hoffa Mendes was like just killing it, he was revolutionizing jiu-jitsu. When Marcelo Garcia came out, are you telling me that 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 X-Guard was all done before? And then everybody, some people look up in a book and they find a picture of a judo guy doing an X-Guard back in the 1950s. Yes, they were doing it a little bit. Generally, it's all been done. But it hasn't been done the way Marcelo does it. You know? And it's that that's just the thing. It's it's ridiculous. This is an ever evolving art form and it needs to keep improving. So I'm going to do my best. I'm going to put in my two cents into improving it just like Eddie Bravo does. Eddie people criticize Eddie Bravo, some people Worship him as an amazing person. Look, I'll tell you my opinion. He's an amazing guy. That guy's a brilliant mind for jiu-jitsu. Just because I don't do the rubber guard, just because I don't do everything that Eddie Bravo does, doesn't mean that I don't recognize what he's doing. He's incredible. I, you know, I trained with Eddie back in like 1999 on one occasion. The guy is brilliant. He's incredible. He has a lot to offer and what he's doing is great. And all of his guys, Gio Martinez, Richie, they're, they're, they're now also, he's passing the torch to them and they're going to create it's, there's so much stuff out there and it's great. It's beautiful. Let everyone keep growing and keep getting better and keep passing on the information. So the future generations can take it further. But you know, it's it, it's changed just in my jujitsu life. Jujitsu has evolved a ton. It's it's incredible how much it's changed. And for people that think it's it, it, there's a big common thing that people worship the old. 
The old is better. The old is wise. And that's a good thing. Obviously, I'm going to be a super old man someday. Hopefully. Hopefully, I'll make it to my older years. And when I'm old, I would like to be looked at as wise. But you know what? The younger generation is going to know so much more because they're going to take all the moves that I know and they're going to improve upon them. So, you know, but there's a big thing where people like to to worship the old and the wise, like they have all the information. And older guys do. They have a lot of information, but the young guys are are the ones out on the battlefield, you know, and they're evolving it. You know, I've 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 done my part and I'm still young enough where I'm still evolving myself. So I'm not I'm not an old buzzard yet. There's uh, still more to do. And I'm, I'm working on it every single day. Is that why you think, like, your UFC fighters that you've coached and trained and that with, is that why they've been so successful, that they have kept evolving, they have taken the basics and started turning them into their version of it? You know, they've kept developing it. You know, do you think that they're... Is that why people who get grappling, who get, like, jiu-jitsu and things like that, do you think that's why they're so successful? They take it and make it their own? Yeah, w- without a doubt. Make it your own. It's a, it's a, it's a very important uh, phrase you guys should always use. Make it your own. Because, again, if you, if you just do what you were taught and only that, Unless that thing is perfection, absolute perfection for you, you're, 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 you're falling behind. You're not, you're, you don't, you're not upgrading to the new technology. Making it your own is, means making it better for you. And every individual is a little bit different and you have to improve upon it. And sure, it gets recycled. It gets put back in the pot and it gets mixed up and, and then we find new things. But the other thing is, it's so funny because human beings cannot, we're not robots. We can't, we can't have all the information. Even myself, as much as I have in my head, I can't have it all. It's impossible. And even when I have a lot, I can't run these programs all simultaneously. So if I roll with you and I've got, my, I'm running my butterfly guard program and my arm drag program. And I'm running my guillotines is on this, you know, on the, the, the operating system, you know, for a moment, I'm not ready to hit an inverted armbar, but something has to trigger that for me to open that app, that program. And then, but I do have that app. So I have an inverted armbar app that I can run at any moment, as long as it pops in my head. And because of that, because we're not robots that can like, you know, know everything, it, it's it's never going to be completely, it's not like it's going to end. It's going to keep changing. In other words, that's one reason why jujitsu will always change because different combinations are going to beat different individuals. That's what makes it a true game of human chess because we're not, we're not like, uh, like computers that play chess where we know all the best moves and then it gets super deep into the, you know, into billions of different combinations like someone even as good as they are will still get caught if you get them tired they'll still fall victim to a very simple technique so it can constantly be reshuffled over and over again anyway it's it's a beautiful thing 
No, it, it, I've fallen in love with it. It's it's one of those things that you can you don't realize how obsessive it can become. You know, like there's thousands of different styles of videos. There's thousands of counters and ways of to get into things and people's approaches. And it, you know, you could spend years just watching YouTube videos. It's yeah. Every once in a while, every once in a while, I fall down the YouTube rabbit hole. I do it myself. You know, I'll I'll follow someone's technique and boom, that'll lead to another video and I'll and then. All of a sudden, the next day at practice, I'm I'm doing jujitsu from uh, Faraz Ahabi or uh, you know John Danaher or or even some guy who's unknown. You know, I'll watch anybody's stuff and I'll learn. So, and I think I think that's what you, you've been so successful is that you keep evolving it. You know, you keep mixing up like you. You had a video straight away about what Conor McGregor should have done after UFC right. 229, you know, how you would have dealt with it and, like, how he managed to get into that. You, you know, you can see the passion and the intensity that you have for this, that the love and how much it means to you to do these things, you know. And that's what I liked about your channel was you can – everybody's always smiling, you know. You, you can see the friendships and the journey that you're all going in to t- like you, how much you love doing this you know i noticed um people were always get, bigging you up about your grilling skills as well apparently you're uh, quite a whiz on the barbecue yeah i'm uh i'm a i'm a rib master so i've got a, a huge barbecue pit at my gym and um you know it's a offset smoker um stick burner so you know cook with real wood and uh something I love to do. I'm not doing it right now because wrestling season's getting going. So I've got a, I'm, I'm so busy. It's going to be hard for me to barbecue, but come springtime and summer, I'll be barbecuing again. Um, but yeah, it's a, that's a nice hobby that I have. I love to barbecue. So best ribs. in <laughs> Well, we've been talking almost for an hour and 40 minutes and you know, I, I've still got, thousands of questions i really want to have you back on and we can go into the specifics of training and we can look at intensity and how you know we can change this and change that but i wanted the first one to kind of get people to know you because your channel can give it to no matter what level somebody's at you can get it if you're a beginner you can understand the extra concepts if you're more advanced you know and you fix so many transitional issues I was having you made me understand why we're doing things as much as how to do it and I think that was such a big thing it was like it kind of clicked in my head of like right that makes sense you know it's not and then you start adding your own little twist to things and I've, I've really developed as a person from watching your video as well and seeing the kind of how you approach it and the excitement and it can be fun, you know, because you can get to a point where you, it's so complicated that you think, I just can't get this. And you made it kind of understandable and, you know, how to progress it and how it can go from one, from A to Z, you know? So, I mean, I could literally go for hours yet, but um, I'll ask you a few more questions. Um, So what do you want 
everybody listening to this interview to take from it? You know, what do you want their initial impression, their go home message of you and your brand and your your philosophy to be? Yeah. Well, I, one thing I want people to understand also is my personality. Like everybody has one, you know. Um, but I, I want people to know I, I'm a very humble person. I, 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 I come across in my videos occasionally and I upset people because they think that I'm acting very arrogant. But I, I do this because I want to help people. I love what I do. I'm very passionate about it. And I am very humble. I just, I, there's a lot of things that I know. And I also, it's a teaching style and it may not work well with everyone, but I also try to joke and I try to make it funny. Uh, at least a little bit, not saying I'm a comedian or anything, but I try to just come across as a, as a, as a, as a happy person that that wants to educate. And I'm not, I'm not trying to upset anyone. Just as you mentioned the, uh, the, you know, what, what was it? What Conor McGregor should have done video. Um, that video right now is just kicking ass. I mean, it's, it's like almost at like 150,000 views in, in like just over a week. So it's it's doing really well. It attracted a lot of people that are MMA fans. And I am honestly blown away at I, – I still don't understand. But to I, I get it. But why, are, why is everyone thinking that I'm saying I can beat Khabib? I, I, I never once said that. I never meant the video to be that. I don't want to come across that way. So – it's, it's so I'm getting a lot of haters, but you know, there's a lot of people on there that obviously love it. There's more people that love it than hate it, and they understand what I'm doing. Now, I do put provocative titles to my videos, and that's obviously to get more views. If I put boring names to my videos, people aren't going to watch them, and the information's not going to be spread as much. So, hmm. of course, there's a little bit of clickbait, you know. But why is that? That's not a bad thing, you know, especially if I'm showing good things. If I'm showing good stuff, it's not clickbait. It's called get your attention and now here's some good stuff. Watch it. You know, it would be clickbait if I said what Conor McGregor should have done. And then I showed you a video of Conor McGregor uh, not or I said he shouldn't have went in the cage. He should have, you know faked a sprained ankle and then got out of there. And then a few people would laugh, but that would have been clickbait. It's not clickbait if I'm actually giving you something. But I in no way was trying to say I can beat Khabib. Obviously, Khabib is a monster. He's the lightweight world champion. But the other thing people don't understand is fighters aren't the most, you know, the most knowledgeable people in the world. That is without a doubt true. The fighters are the soldiers going into battle. The generals are the coaches. They're the ones uh, making the calls on what they should do. And, and then they go out and execute, you know, but they have to be trained. So every fighter out there, you know, has a coach that they go to and learn from. So does Khabib. He's not the greatest technician of all time. Far from it. He's a very good you know, wrestler, and he's a great MMA fighter, but he's not the end-all be-all of grappling just because he's the light heavyweight champ or light lightweight champ. So 
I just want to make sure that I don't, uh, I want people to know that, you know, I'm doing this to try to help you guys. You know, I, I, I really enjoy seeing all of the uh, messages I get every single day that it's helping you. And, and if, if something I show doesn't work well for you, I, it's okay. And, uh, you know, that's, that's to be expected. You know, I definitely expect to be helping people more than I'm hurting people, but on occasion, certain techniques aren't going to work well for everyone. Sometimes you need a certain range of motion in your flexibility. Sometimes you, you need a little more strength to, to do it or, or coordination built up. And other times you just need to practice it a lot more. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to help as many people as I can. Uh, I love this game and, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing and I'm very fortunate and I'm very thankful that I can be in a situ a position to do what I love to do and get paid to do it. You know, owning a gym and training people, it's, uh, it's like, uh, my dream, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a dream to be able to do what I do and get paid to do it. And, and every day, every day I do it. It's just great. I got it. So I want everyone to to go out there and accomplish their dreams and and go after their goals and 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 realize I'm just there to try to help you if I can. So and and I do read every single comment that I can. The only ones I don't read are the replies to other people's stuff. That stuff I don't get notified for. So every once in a while there'll be a little comment that gets they start arguing, they go back and forth. I don't get to read all that unless I scroll through. But anybody who sends a, a, a basic comment to me, I read everything. I haven't been able to reply to everyone because I'm so busy with wrestling season. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's literally thousands of comments now. The channel is so busy that I, there's no way I can reply to everyone. So it, it's very difficult. Anyway. No, you're well. You're doing a fantastic job. Um, you know the channel is just blowing up, and I, I I'm delighted for the, to see the success you're getting. And you know, there's always going to be the naysayers. There's always going to be people who bitch and moan and pick on something. They just want to be offended, or they want yeah. to to mis misconstrue the message, or you know, you're now. And they always say the the first sign of success is when you get haters. So. You know, there's always going to be somebody that disagrees with what you've done. But my second last question is always my favorite. Um, what's an unusual fact about yourself, you know, that very few people know that really surprises people when they hear it? Is there anything that kind of blows people away when you tell them? Uh, I could throw out a few things. I mean, like, I, I don't do any drugs. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I've never done it in my life. Something unusual. People, I'm 40 years old and I've never had a sip of alcohol in my life. And it has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with anything like that. People go, are you Mormon? <laughs> you know, or whatever. And I go, no. I go, I just, I just, uh, I had a father that uh, drank a lot and smoked a lot. And I said, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's, the way I look at it is it's called learning from other people's mistakes so that you don't have to, you know, you see somebody fall in a hole, maybe you should avoid that hole, you know? So, but, uh, that's what I saw growing up. I, I had a little bit of a growing up in a, 
somewhat of a bad area. And, you know, I had parents that fought and got divorced and, you know, dad, my, my dad's passed away, but, uh, you know, I learned from my mistakes and I think that's what everyone should do. And when I was like 10 years old or something like that, I, I said out loud, I said, I'm never going to do that. And I remember, I think my mother even said something like, Oh, just wait till you get older. You know, um, she might've had a, had a drink at the time when she said that, (laughs) but, uh, no, I, I, I stuck to my guns and I never did it. And, uh, it, it obviously it's, it's fine now because, uh, there's no peer pressure anymore, but when you're young, it's hard. It's hard. You, there's so much peer pressure to do things. And, and, uh, you know, I, back then I used wrestling and martial arts as my, as my, uh, crutch. I said, I can't do that stuff because I'm a wrestler or I can't do that because I'm a more, I got a martial, I got a jujitsu tournament this weekend. So that's how I got out of it. And to this day, I've never done anything like that. And, uh, it's just something unusual. So. I think that's awesome. You know, it's part of you. You know, you're doing something for who you want to be. You don't give up to peer pressure that a lot of people fail in. You know, and you've seen something that you didn't want to replicate in the future. So, no, it, it shows your character as well. And, the you know, the more I find out about you, the more I'm impressed by you. And I think you're going to go serious places with this, you know, and I can't th- think of a better channel for people to start off with and to check out and see from there. Um, I, I think, you know what I'd like to say? The, uh, the channel, the channel is also uh, a little bit, it, it's, it's, it's advanced. So at the same time, so like I also show a lot of crazy stuff on my channel. Like some people will look at it and go, Oh, that's, that's, that's too advanced or that won't work or whatever. It's not all I do. I mean, obviously I do the basics of jujitsu as well. I just, I, I'm not going to do a video, especially in the beginning of my channel, that was something that people already knew. I tried to do the most, what, what sets me apart from everyone else. That's another thing that you're getting in my channel. If I show anything, I'm going to show you the way I do it. I'm going to show you something that I think is different. I, I don't think you can find a video that I've done and you can look at it and say, that's exactly the way the majority of jujitsu schools do it. I think you can do that with almost every technique. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely the wild advanced different things. It has basics sprinkled in with everything, but there's always details that you're not going to find anywhere else. So, uh, that's that's what my channel's about, and obviously I'll I'll, I'll be doing more and more basics uh, as I go because I'm gonna run out of these uh, advanced techniques, right? <laughs> but I'm near I'm nowhere near I'm nowhere near that point at, at at this moment though. There's still tons of things floating around in my head. Sorry to interrupt, but well, no worries. Well, there's there's plenty of evolution to come. So for those less for those guys listening. Um, you know, I, I really want to have you back on and we can get into real specifics and we can go into, you know, sort of deeper philosophies and things like that. But for this first one, I wanted just to to get you on and show like the 
how you think about it, your outlook on your like the sport and how people can get better and to, it just entice more people to do it because it really has been life-changing for me to do it you know i've come out my shell i i used to suffer badly from depression and what a difference just that kind of things alone have made to me so i think more guys should be doing it and i think it'll help fill a void of you know some people use drink and drugs to hide because they're not being their yeah. true self yeah. they're not getting a chance to to be who they truly are, you know? So for guys listening who want to find out a bit more about you, you know, and keep in touch with you and, you know, link up with you, maybe come to the gym, how can they do it? Well, they can, uh, they can visit my website at Peterson grapplers.com. So it's Peterson P E T E R S O N and grapplers G R A P P L E R S.com. And, uh, you know, there my address is there, uh, phone numbers there. Um, if they need to call the gym, and they can come in and try a class. It's twenty dollars for a uh, drop-in fee, and currently right now it's only one twenty a month to train. It's it's not real um, expensive. Um, there's plenty of other academies that are more expensive than mine. Uh, the price will be going up next year, but uh, at this point right now, anybody who gets in, it's only one twenty. Um, they can visit me at the, at the YouTube channel, teach me grappling and, uh, see what we're working on. Uh, we have a tournament coming up. We have a tournament on uh, November 3rd called the, uh, fall brawl. It's a small tournament. It's a submission only tournament, um, at our Academy, just a couple mats. And we usually have about between 50 and a hundred competitors. It's small. Um, so if people want to come out and compete, they can come out and compete. They're local here in Southern California. And uh yeah, I mean that's it. Hit me up on the on uh the Peterson Grapplers and send me an email or a call and message and come on in and train. Well, I'd love to help you. Well, I really hope I've managed to get some more people interested in the sport get you know subscribers to your channel because you really do deserve all the success you're getting and it's been brilliant to see your to watch your videos and it's great to see you know where you're taking the channel um and i just love the fact that i'm coming along for the journey so um the floor is open to you if there's anything that you want to mention anything that you want to promote um that you or you feel you haven't mentioned yet um it's entirely up to you yeah, no, just uh, please subscribe to my channel, Teach Me Grappling. And if you're already subscribed, please contribute. You know, it's uh, it's something that I, I do need more contributors. I need people to uh, help support the channel. Go to the Patreon, click the Patreon link and uh, or find me on Patreon and donate to the channel because uh, it's something that allows me to, to do what I do every single day. And and I, I think that there's a lot of value in what I do. And, uh, you know, it'd be great to get some more contributors. Um, if you guys want any uh, gear, if you want any uh, Peterson Grapplers gear, I'm, I'm always getting new stuff all the time. Rash guards, T-shirts. We'll be getting shorts real soon. Things like that. Um, just hit me up and uh, send me a message and I'll, I'll send it out to you. I'm sending out gear all the time to different people. So... Thank you so much, and uh, I really appreciate you, Ian, for uh, doing this. I had a great time uh, speaking with you and and telling 
everyone about my my little story. Um, so makes me feel good, and I hope I can reach more people and help more people in this world. So my life's doing great. So if I can if I can help more people and make their life better, then it just enriches everything. So it's a win win for everyone. Thank you. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.